0: Alright, welcome ladies and gentlemen to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name is Dusty Slay and I am flying solo again today. Uh, My wife, Hannah, and co-host is still in Canada. And this time I don't even have a little clip that she put together to edit into it. So it's going to be all me this episode, all Dusty, all day long. I used to be... Uh, when I was a kid, my sister bought me a VHS tape of David Lee Roth uh, music videos. Very inappropriate for a kid my age. Very inappropriate. But I loved it. And he, he had that, uh, he had a clip on there. Dave TV was all Dave all night. Right here on Dave TV. And then he had songs like "I'm Just a gigolo, and everywhere I go, people know the part I'm playing. That song. And then he had the Beach Boys cover "I Wish They All Could Be California." California girls, hot song. Then he had the song "Yankee Rose." Uh, Yankee Rose had a great uh, little video at the end or at the beginning where this uh, this like a convenience store. It's pretty fun. Um, you know, they have like, a uh, uh, overweight lady. That's like, my doctor says I have to take a laxative and, uh, he's like, not in my store. You don't. And then, uh, and then there's like, another lady, like a pretty attractive, uh, black lady. And the guy's like putting in a tic-tac trying to hit on her. And she's like, shoots him down. And then David Lee Roth comes in dressed like, I don't know, some kind of, uh, jungle person. And he's like, I'll have a bottle of anything and a glazed donut to go, 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 go. And it's supposed to be this really cool scene. And it's like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? But either way, David Lee Roth is a very cool character. Um, But uh, I'm going to get into some things. I'd like to talk about this conspiracy I've been looking at lately. Uh, I saw some stuff on it a while back. But is Alex Jones really... Bill Hicks, the conspiracy theorist, Alex Jones, king of the conspiracy, king of the outrage, king of the fear. Is he really played by comedian Bill Hicks? Uh, Chances are people think that he is not, but I have some videos for you to watch and uh, I'm pretty convinced. I'm not saying that he is, but I'm pretty convinced. So. We'll get to that later, but first, a word from our sponsors. Uh, Actually, we don't have any sponsors, but I want someone who is thinking about sponsoring my podcast uh, to know where it would fit in and know how easy I could transition right into it, you know? But currently, we don't have a sponsor, and I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm okay not making money to do this. This is a good time, but you know... Things that you don't mind making money to do uh, get that much better if you do make money to do them. You know what I mean? So, I also have just ordered some bumper stickers here. I got some We're Having a Good Time bumper stickers. I've quoted myself on that as if I invented the phrase, We're Having a Good Time. But I didn't invent it. I just kind of stuck my flag in it, so to speak. All right, so now let's get to the segment that I like to call "Where We've Been, Where We're Going." And last week, I went to Friday night. I went to Gathering at two two nine in Dalton, Georgia. Uh, Dan Whitehurst went with me. We had a great time. Um, it's a very fun gig. Uh, the people were super nice there. I had never been to Dalton, Georgia. Uh, it's the very first comedy show they've ever done at Gathering at two two nine, and I got to be the first comedian to ever headline there, and uh, it feels good. I hope it lasts. I hope it lasts for years and years and years, and then I can say that I was the first one. I was actually the first headliner to ever perform at the comedy club in Huntsville, Stand Up Live, but I did the soft opening. So Christopher Titus, I think, gets credit for the real opening night, but I did the soft opening. I was the first headliner to ever perform there at that club, so... I'm going to go ahead and give myself credit. But Dalton, Georgia was very fun. And then me and Dan hung out. Um, you know, uh, I smoked a cigar and Dan just hung with me. And we talk, talked talked uh, old stories. Dan's a retired cop and he was telling me some stories. And, and we talked about comedy. and It's a good time. We just sat out in the front of a motel and, and talked and it was a good time. And then um, a Saturday night I went to Hartwell, Georgia. Now Hartwell, Georgia, I had just recently read a story about a lady, uh, a 46-year-old lady that was attacked by a bobcat outside of her house, and she strangled that bobcat to death with her bare hands. And that lady lived in Hartwell, Georgia, which is where I went to open for James Gregory. And it's very exciting for me. I mean, James Gregory... uh, From the time that I got into comedy, I wouldn't say that I knew much about James Gregory prior to becoming a comedian. But when I first started comedy, I got Satellite Radio and I had Sirius XM and I was listening to the comedy channels and James Gregory was on there a lot. And being an old Southern man, I mean, I don't want to call a man old, but I mean, just being an old school Southern man, uh, I was into what he was doing. I mean, I was like, this guy's talking about stuff that I know about and... Uh, I really liked it. So I've worked with James before, but this is the actual, I worked with him at Zaney's here locally. This is the first time I actually went on the road with James. And I gotta say, uh, it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun to open for someone that, you know, you knew about for a long time. It's a lot like John Reap with me, you know, I mean, John Reap is my friend now. And, uh, but back in 2008, I just was hearing him on the radio, seeing him on Comedy Central. And thought, wow, that guy's really doing it. And to be able to work with these people now, I'm always excited by it. Hartwell, Georgia and Dalton, Georgia. Very nice people. Very fun crowds. Um, They really seem to enjoy the show. I was a little nervous about the James Gregory show because a lot of people have been fans of James Gregory for years and years and years. And they're people that are not even necessarily comedy fans. They're just James Gregory fans. Like, they wouldn't go see another comedian but they would go see James. So the fact that, you know, I'm opening for him, you know, I'm opening for this older Southern man. And I come out with, you know, hair down to my, I need to get a haircut, but hair down to basically my, my back. Um, and I got these giant glasses on and I think, Oh, this audience is going to hate me, but they didn't, I crushed it. Had a great joke about the flea market. And, uh, I, I mean, I almost got an well, I did get an applause break for the flea market joke, and it feels good. And this weekend, uh, and then me and James went to the Huddle House and talked about the business of comedy for a while, and uh, which I am all about. I love the business of comedy. A lot of people don't think comedy is a business, but you do need to make money because uh, why would I want to do? Like I said earlier about the podcast, I love to do comedy. If I can get paid to do comedy then that makes it even better. And then I don't have to do another job, which is always my goal to not have to do another job. And yeah, so I sell t-shirts, I sell hats, I sell CDs uh, because I want to make money because I want to stay in this business. Uh, A lot of people uh, don't, for some reason, a lot of people think it's not cool to make money, you know, Uh, and I don't understand that. You know, I don't. I never like guilt people into buying shirts. I mean, that's where I draw the line. But I want to provide a product that I think people are going to like, so that they'll want to buy it. I want to be like a like a a a souvenir shop at a uh, at a beach town where people are like, "Ooh, look at that shirt! I'd like to get that thing." You know, remember the Big Johnson? Is that what it was called? Big Johnson or? It was like this weird dorky guy who was always pitching a tent somewhere. Uh, And then there was like no fear for a while. And, you know, I had a shirt that had a a kid with a, he had a surfboard and the surfboard was in the shape of a joint. And then he said hi in a little speech bubble, but it said H-I-G-H, hi. And I thought that was the greatest thing. I had that, that was in my mix of t-shirts I used to wear to school. I didn't have this one until high school, but I had a real mix of shirts. I used to wear, I had a part tie-dye, part multiple skull shirt that I used to wear. And I would always pair that up. It was blue and black and white. And I would always pair that up with a yellow undershirt for some reason. Because when I was in high school, it was cool to always wear two shirts. I don't know why that was the thing, but we just always Two shirts. Now, if I could go without wearing a shirt at all, I would. But back then, we were two shirts. And then I had a, a black shirt with just two skulls on it. And then uh, I wasn't even like a goth kid, but I was just... I was trying to toe that line. You know, I was like poor, and but I still wanted to be cool. So I was like, how do I make this work? I got no money, but how can I make these things work? And then I had a old pink Hooter shirt uh and I loved it because it was pink and it was Hooters and it said more than a mouthful on the back. And then I had uh the high t-shirt and then uh that's all I remember having. Uh it could be it. I think I had a Massimo shirt that was green and it maybe gotten a touch of Clorox on it at some point, so it was kind of faded in places. So I felt like that shirt was real cool. And I don't know why it was. And I also had this, like, old corduroy jacket that was my dad's jacket. And then I had these gloves that I would wear. I mean, I was like a homeless person in training. But, you know, I had no guidance around me. My parents gave me guidance on a lot of things. Like, I can fix stuff. Uh, You know, like, if the ceiling fan goes out and I need to replace it, I can replace it. Um, You know, I can... I can do a little bit of plumbing work. I can do a little bit of stuff here and there, you know, but dressing, being being stylish was never my thing. Um, and uh, so anyway, I don't know what got me on that tangent, but uh, I had some, I didn't have a lot of NASCAR shirts in high school. By high school, I had faded that out, but I have several home videos of me <laughs> with a dang cow Petty t-shirt on. That's a race car driver. He drove the mellow yellow car. And that's where I was this weekend. Hannah this weekend was in Buffalo, New York with Jimmy Pardo. Uh, From what I understand, she had a great time. And now she is up in Canada and uh, hanging with her friends. She hung out in Toronto the last few days. I know she went to a Blue Jays game. If you want to keep up with her, watch her on her Instagram. She's been keeping that pretty up to date. That's at Hogan. And also, she's still doing her own podcast, which is uh, My Mom is Dead podcast with Hannah Hogan. So, check that out. She just did one with a friend and um, that she stayed with in Toronto. And now, she should be up in Peterborough, Ontario today. And this weekend, I am going to the Stardome in Birmingham, Birmingham, Alabama. I'll be there for three days. Friday and Saturday, I'm going to be back with James Gregory. And James Gregory... Has picture, There's pictures of James Gregory all over the Stardome. I mean, James Gregory... I know that, you know, things have changed in the world of comedy. And James Gregory is, you know, he's not as popular as he used to be. But he's still very popular. And, I mean, there are pictures all over the Stardome of James Gregory. I mean, he used to be like a rock star there. And... I'm excited to go do those shows. I mean, I think it's just one show Friday and one show Saturday. And then Sunday night, I'm going to be headlining at the Stardome. So, you know, come on out. See me. It'll be me and Dan Whitehurst again. Same guy that was with me the last time I was there. And uh, it's going to be a great time. And Hannah, I think, will just be in Canada. She may have some Toronto shows. Uh, if you're up in Canada, you want to check her out. Again, check her Instagram because she'll be posting stuff on there and uh today is july 4th i'm very excited uh i'm not really a firework guy anymore i used to i shoot a lot of fireworks it's not that i'm against fireworks i'm just not into them i just don't care about it now like uh there was a time when uh lighting things with a lighter or a sparkler and watching them go up into the sky and explode really appealed to me uh now i'm just bored with that even if it's huge explosions I, I just don't care that much. It's not that I'm against it. I want people to shoot fireworks to their heart's content. I don't even care if they set things on fire, as long as it's not things that me or anyone I know owns. Uh, you know, uh, be safe. If you lose an eye, you got another one. Um, you know what I mean? But I used to, I used to play with fireworks a lot. We bottle rockets were mainly what we would get because we would we would get black cats, bottle rockets, an occasional Roman candle. Um, and I had a great time with them, but like I say, I just, I just not that into it anymore. I mean, I lived, I think I've lived in places, uh, where fireworks aren't legal for long enough to where that's just out of me now. You know, I mean, there was a time when I, when I just wanted to set up army men on a, on a post so I could go shoot them with a BB gun. You know what I mean? But I'm not that into that anymore. So things change. And, uh, that's where I'm at with it. So I probably won't be shooting any. Also, um, I'm concerned about my safety now. I mean, as a kid, who cares? We used to shoot bottle rockets at each other. Uh, but now I'm like, nah, you know, I mean, I got other stuff going for me. I don't, uh, I don't want to get burned up with a firecracker out there, but it is fun. I used to like to put black cats in ant beds. I never was cruel to animals, but I was always very cruel to insects. I don't I don't enjoy being cruel to animals. I I'm not a big fan of animals necessarily, but I don't want them to be harmed. You know what I mean? Like I don't I want animals to roam free and have a great life. I just don't want them in my house or any house that I'm ever staying at. You know, I deal with it and it's fine because people are kind enough to let me into their homes. Who am I to say, get your dog out of here, (laughs) right? But uh, man, I wish I could. And uh, but now I like a lot of dogs. Um, But also it's like the little dogs I'm into unless they're super yappy. And then big dogs I like unless they're one of the scary breeds. You know, there are the scary breeds, the Rottweiler, the Doberman Pinscher, the Pit Bulls. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm not trying to be a chicken here about dogs, but you know, you never know what the dog's thinking. This could be the coolest, calmest dog ever. And then I walk in, that dog goes, There's something about that guy I don't like. And then he bites me, and they're like, That that never happens. <laughs> I don't know what happened. And, uh, you know, so I'm not into it. My buddy Dan, uh, he has a big Rottweiler, very, very big dog. I've I spent a little time at Dan's house one day, and, uh, I was scared the entire time. Dan left to go to the bathroom one time and left me in the room with the dog. And it was like, will I make it until Dan gets back? And I did, but it was very scary. But it's July 4th today. And I'm happy that it's July 4th because I like this country. I I like this country. I care about this country. I'm happy that we're independent. I mean, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, we are free people uh some people have said that we don't have freedom we have liberty which means that you have freedom until they decide to take it from you and I suppose that's true but right now I'm living free and I'm having a good time I get to do comedy and I get to travel from state to state there's 48 states that I can easily drive to I imagine I could drive up to Alaska if I wanted uh I don't really have any intentions of doing that but I can drive from state to state. I mean, it's just wonderful. I, I meet people all over the country, and I just love it. I love this country. You know, this is not a political statement. I I was born in 1982, and I've seen lots of different presidents, and as far as I can tell, I've loved this country since 1982. And uh, nothing has changed, uh, no matter who gets elected elected. Uh, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, those things make us, you know, that's what America is. The people that I see around me, that's what America is. Uh, Even, you know, my own high school as a kid growing up in Alabama was still very multicultural. We had, you know, mostly white people and black people, but we had uh, some Asian people, some Mexican people, and we all got along fine. Um, And I love those people. I mean, you know, when I worked at uh, Hyman's back in the day, we had a bunch of Russians that came over. And one summer, they uh, they bust tables and stuff. And I remember getting drunk with them at their apartment. They had an the, all these Russian guys had this apartment. There was probably ten of them living in a two bedroom apartment. All they had they had one chair and then they had two beds. Uh, and I got drunk over there with them with no furniture, and uh, we had a great time. I couldn't understand much of what they said. I don't think they could understand much of what I said, but we had a good time. And But I just think that we have a great country, and the reason that I think our country is the best is because sometimes I think, I think, all right, if it all goes down and the country falls, where would I go? And I just can't think of any place. Some people say Canada, but I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. If America falls, uh, I don't think Canada is going to be far behind it. So, or if it, if it doesn't go before it. So I don't think there's any place for us to go. Canada, I mean, America is the last refuge for the free people of the world. And uh, I think that some people are working real hard to see that we tear each other apart and tear the country down. And I don't think that we should. I think this July 4th, Uh, Be proud of the flag, be proud of the country, uh, be proud of your freedoms, and try to put all politics aside and just appreciate that you live in such a wonderful country. Yes, there are flaws here. Yes, there are discrimination. There are racist people. 100%. They exist in this country, Uh, but uh, for every bad person, I would venture to say there's probably four or five good people, and I just made that statistic up, but I just know that I encounter more good people than bad people. I was in a Walmart the other day, yesterday in fact, and I thought, man, Walmart really brings out the people, doesn't it? And and I'm not making fun. I actually really hate the website People of Walmart. I think that I can go into the Walmart, see some people, make fun of them, but not take pictures of them and post them on the internet. I mean, there I saw some funny looking people in Walmart yesterday. Uh, I saw... I saw rednecks in Walmart of all races yesterday, and I was in there with a trucker hat, long hair, and cut-off jeans, you know? Somebody saw me and said, look at that redneck. Um, But I don't, you know, I don't have any uh, interest in publicly shaming them, but I just thought, man, Walmart really brings out people. And, um, but we got along fine in there, and it was great, and um, I had a good time. Actually, I was at the self-checkout. There was a huge line for the self-checkout. And I was waiting, and I saw this line about to open up. And I was like, great, that's going to be my checkout. And the girl comes and gets me that's running the main register, and she says, you can come check out with me. And I go, great. So I go up there. Then she starts helping another customer. Then another girl starts checking me out. And then mid-transaction, she just walks off. Then a third person comes along and says, oh, she's in the middle of a transaction. And then they check me out, and it ended up taking me longer than just checking myself out but I had a great time. And that's my rant for that. I want to talk about um I want to talk about this Alex Jones Bill Hicks thing and then I want to tell you a story uh about me joining the army and what transpired after that. A lot of people don't know that I joined the army, but in 2001 I did join the army. Uh, but Alex Jones, is Alex Jones Bill Hicks? Now, I would I want to save this as a deeper discussion for when Hannah's here because I want her to watch videos and I want us to really get into it. But meantime, maybe you could go and watch some videos on this. And there's one called, is uh, Alex Jones is Bill Hicks? 15 irrefutable proofs, something like that. Something with the number 15. I should have wrote that down, but I didn't. And then there's another one by, by a conspiracy guy named ODD TV. Now, ODD has some crazy stuff out there. So I do encourage you to watch all of his crazy stuff. I mean, the guy's a great filmmaker, uh, and it's very fun. And Now, I, I'm just not vouching for all of his beliefs. So I don't want you to think that I've steered you down an ODD rabbit hole, uh, and that's what I believe. I'm not saying that at all, but it is very entertaining because the guy is a good filmmaker and he and he presents a great argument. But I'm only talking about the Alex Jones, Bill Hicks video by ODD. He does a great job with it, really breaks it down. I mean, they break it down to where even like their teeth are the same, how they, they look alike, their teeth are the same, they sound alike. When Bill Hicks does his screaming voice, he sounds a lot like Alex Jones doing his screaming voice. Um, they, now their ages are different, but their argument is that Alex Jones is arguing about his age and that he's much older than he claims to be. And I, I think that what they're trying to say is that there was this media, uh, thing created and they wanted to, they wanted to have a face of the conservative or uh, not of the, uh, a face of the conspiracy world. That way they could control that side of things, so that they could really make all conspiracy theorists look crazy by having Alex Jones being the main guy. And what a crazier guy is there than Alex Jones? Now, if you think that, you know, we all love Bill Hicks. I mean, I think he was really funny. He doesn't make me laugh out loud a bunch, but I thought he was very funny. But he died in 1994 with pancreatic cancer. And, and then his childhood best friend or his best friend all growing up is also an old friend to Alex Jones who is still friends with him and Alex Jones is always calling himself Bill Hicks. Now he's doing it in jest to try to make fun of the conspiracy but it just seems interesting. There's too many coincidences um and, and I think it's worth checking out because <clears throat> it's very it's very funny just to think that Bill Hicks this very political comedian, <laughs> the ultimate joke was, I'm going to go and play this character um, and make a bunch of money. I mean, Alex Jones has all these celebrity friends. Apparently, he's big friends with Charlie Sheen. And, uh, well, actually, that's the only one I can think of right now. But, um, and I'm not saying that Bill Hicks is Alex Jones. But what I am saying is he could be. And I hope that he is because I think it's hilarious. I think it's the greatest. It's like a uh, Tony Clifton, uh, Andy Kaufman joke, uh, you know, that Bill Hicks has secretly been playing this Alex Jones character all this time. And the big joke is revealed. And I think it's amazing. I mean, even there was like a 10 year like achievement award or something that was presented that that for Bill Hicks presented to Alex Jones. Now, why would Alex Jones get that award? I don't know. But y'all have to watch the video just to check that out. So, ODD TV, the Alex Jones, Bill Hicks video. Now, again, if you go onto the ODD channel and start watching other videos, that's up to you. But I'm not vouching for ODD TV. I'm only vouching for this one particular video And, uh, so if you go on there and you go, oh, Dusty believes all this, that's your own, that's you making that up. I'm just telling you, the guy makes a good conspiracy video and he's very fun. Uh, and, uh, there's others out there, but... There are other videos out there that I feel like have a great way of presenting uh, facts or, or I don't know, you can call them facts if you want. That may just be opinion that I don't feel like researching any further uh, because it's not that serious to me. At the end of the day, if Bill Hicks is not Alex Jones, I'm not going to have my feelings hurt. I don't care. I'm entertained by it. I think TV's boring. I think all, most all movies are boring. I've been trying to watch Infinity War somewhere. I've been wanting to pay for it to watch it and nobody, you can't find it anywhere. I mean, I'm not a hacker, so I can't really find it, but I just want to watch the movie and I've watched Thor Ragnarok three times because I just hate all the movies that are put out today. I hate all the TV shows. I've watched Portlandia several times. I've watched Always Sunny several times. Cause those are shows that I enjoy. But just overall entertainment today is very boring to me. I could use football season to come back around. I do enjoy football, but I can't stand baseball, can't stand basketball. Um, I don't like soccer. And uh, I just, I like football and I like action movies. I watched, oh, I watched Ip Man again, Ip Man 3. I don't know if you're into Ip Man. People will say, oh, Ip Man, and they'll correct me on it. But it's like, if you watch the movie, they constantly refer to him as Ip Man. So, but those movies, 1, 2, and 3, and actually 4 wasn't bad either, but I think 1, 2, and 3 is all Donnie Yen. Um, and I think that guy's great. I love Ip Man. Uh, if you're into Kung Fu or if you're just into great fight scenes, I'm, I'm a big Kung Fu movie guy. Now, I don't like a lot of the Bruce Lee stuff because I think that back then the way they had to capture uh, martial arts was not very good. I'm actually told that Bruce Lee was so fast that the cameras back then could not keep up with him. He actually had to slow down uh, what he was doing in order for the camera to catch it. But it's just too bad that the, the camera was technology was where it's at during Bruce Lee's time but Enter the Dragon and The Return of the Dragon, I think, is the second one. Those are both fun. Enter the Dragon. I, I've heard that Enter the Dragon is is the plot was stolen from that movie to make Mortal Kombat, uh, which Mortal Kombat wasn't a bad movie, and maybe that's why. And then uh, Return of the Dragon, that may not be the name of it, but it's the follow-up to Enter the Dragon, and that's where... Bruce Lee fights Chuck Norris. And if you don't know that's a thing, that is a thing. Go check that out. Also, too bad that that happened then and it couldn't happen later. But there's a lot of stuff out there. I mean, Jet Li, especially Jet Li's older stuff, really great kung fu stuff. Uh, Jackie Chan's older stuff, very good. But but Ip Man, to me, is untouchable. Ip Man uh, with Donnie Yen is untouchable. It it rivals, to me, now this is going to sound crazy because I love the Rocky movies, but to me, Itman Man rivals Rocky. I mean, it's got real emotion in all of them. Real fight scenes. The difference is, in Rocky, Rocky always gets beat to death and then comes back and wins. In Ip Man, Ip Man just beats everyone to death the whole time. He may get, oh, in Itman Man 3, he fights Mike Tyson. <laughs> it's worth it just to watch that fight. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how that turns out, but it's uh, it's great. Ip Man is so great. In in the first Ip Man, he he fights you know J- the Japanese are coming into China and uh, enslaving them, and uh, he fights a big Japanese guy. In uh, Ip Man two, he fights a big English guy. In Ip Man three, he fights Mike Tyson and another uh, Wing Chun, uh, um, trained fighter. Great stuff. It, man, I recommend it. If you can get it without the English dubbed in and just read the subtitles, I think it's better. I think that the English dubbed in, I think it makes them say things that they're not really saying. Uh, and I like to just read the subtitles. Some people don't. I do. Um, because I'm educated and uh, I like reading. That's the only reading I like to do is off of a uh, subtitles. But that's my my rant on movies, but I'm just saying the the point of all that is to say that I love these cheap, lousy YouTube videos that people make in their basement. I like a bad YouTube video because I feel like people really put work into it and it can be entertaining, but sometimes if you show somebody a video and it's got some cheesy music or some cheesy graphics, they go, oh, this is stupid, and... I get it. It's fair. If you're not into it, maybe it's an acquired taste. Like I think that sometimes I like, I love country music. So I'll listen to, you know, I'll get deep, deep into country music and I'll find this great song. And then I'll go show it to somebody, somebody who barely likes country. And they're like, Oh, this is the most hick thing I've ever heard. And I'm like, I get it. I get it because you haven't gone into the depths of, of country music that I've gone into, so it's hard for you to jump right into the heart of it. I get it. That's why I think Odd is a good uh, outlier. Like he's he's good enough at making videos that you can watch his videos and just be entertained. So I encourage you to do that. And now I want to tell this story. I don't know why I felt like telling this. Now this is going to be a. Uh, I wrote this down, so I may read from the page that I wrote down last night. So I don't know how that'll how that'll sound, but I wrote it all out last night because it's just something I was thinking about. This is going to be a watered down version. It's an edited version. None of these names are real, uh, but I was just telling a friend this story the other day, and it it, it really got me thinking about it. And uh, this is it. When I was 18, I joined the army. Uh, I joined in August of 2001. I graduated high school in May, I had a wild summer, and by the end I was waiting tables at Western Sizzling in love with a fellow server named Angel, Uh, and that's true. Uh, I was totally in love with this girl, and I was probably 18, I had no idea how to date. This goes back to my parents teaching me things, Uh, and I don't know if parents teach anyone how to date, but no one taught me how to date until much later. And so I never asked Angel out on a date. I just was secretly in love with her. I don't even know how secretly it was. Maybe Angel was just waiting on me to get the balls to ask her out, and I never did. And one day, this old man, needless to say, I graduated high school and had a wild summer, and it left me feeling pretty empty. I was like, I'm not going to college. I actually signed up for community college, and I went... I signed up for two classes. I went to each class one time. That was two separate days. And my hope was to go to college and meet women. And there were no women in my class. There were women, but not women I was interested in dating. And so I dropped those classes. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing in here. So I went ahead and dropped that. And now I was working at Western Sizzling. And if not for Angel, it would have been me and uh, a serving staff of 45, 50-year-old women. So there was not a lot going on in my life, and uh, I was living with my mom, and uh, so one day, this old man was sitting in Western and He had been in there every day that week, and he started talking to me about how cool his life was when he was younger because he joined the Army, and he got to see all these places. He got to do all these things. So one day, I left work, and I went to the Army recruiter's office, and I signed up for the Army. And I quit Western Sizzling. I signed up for the army and I was about ready to go take my physical. And so I quit Western Sizzling. And I told Angel, you know, I was like, don't get married while I'm gone. And uh, and then I left like I was headed off to war. You know, I was like, you wait for me. You wait for me. A girl that I had never asked out. I embarrassingly, embarrassingly said, don't get married. That was my desperate attempt uh, for her to date me. And uh, And then I left. And like I was heading off to war, riding out into the sunset, and then I took the physical for the Army, which was pretty intense. I'd like to get into that at a different time and really break down all of the stuff, joining the Army and taking the physical. But I took the physical, and that night I got back, and I went to a friend's house. Um, and somewhere somewhere in between this time of working at Western Citizen and joining the Army, I bought a trailer. Now, I know this seems like just an aside, but I I can't actually remember the timeline, how this took place. But the trailer that I grew up in, uh, I moved out of when I was 14 years old. And when I moved out, my sister and brother-in-law and their kids moved into that trailer. And then they lived there for about four years, and then they moved out and bought a different place. And I wanted that trailer. But they had already traded that trailer in for another trailer, you could do it like cars. Apparently, so I went to that that trailer dealership and asked about buying the trailer. They said they would sell it to me for a thousand dollars. Had I known anything about negotiation, I would have offered them a lower price because they clearly just didn't want to deal with it. So I said, "Okay," and I bought it for a thousand dollars. It needed some work, um, but. The point is, I had bought a trailer, I own the trailer now, and it was in that trailer park. I owned it, but didn't live in it. And so while I was at this friend's house, after my army physical, I got a call from a couple of girls, and they lived in that trailer park that my trailer was in. So I grabbed a buddy, and we were going to see about these girls. Now we had not been drinking, we had not been doing anything, and on the way out, this friend of mine, he, he, he said, hey, I have these two unopened Bud lights. Do you want them? He said, I'm not going to drink them. You can take them. Now, this friend offered this to me uh, in a very harmless way because they're unopened. All I got to do, stick them in the trunk, get over to the girl's house, drink them. But instead, we got in the car and we decided that it'd be real cool if we showed up to these girls' house drinking these beers. So we went ahead and opened them. And then, of course, we got pulled over and we stuffed the beer uh, under the seat And, uh, you know, so we didn't want to get caught, but we didn't know what to do with them. Like there's a risk that they're going to smell it, but for sure they'll see them. So, but before my buddy sticks his under the seat, he stuffs his bag of weed down in the bottle. So that weed became mine. So I, I got arrested for underage consumption of alcohol and possession of marijuana. Actually, we both got arrested for that and we weren't friends for a while after that, but, uh because I was mad at him about the weed. But in hindsight, uh, I'll tell you this. I got a court date that came after my ship off date. So I was unable to ship off and I didn't go to the army. That's where I'm thankful to my buddy because I got arrested for marijuana and that probably kept me from going to the army. And I was going to join the army. My ship off date was like August 20th of 2001. And I would have been in boot camp when September 11th, 2001 happened and probably would have gone to war. I was, I had signed up to be airborne. So I was going to go to Fort Benning and jump out of planes. And then I had signed up to be a chef or a cook (laughs) rather. And uh, I had a whole plan in place. My plan was to go to the army, learn to cook, get out, become a chef, open a restaurant. I don't know why that was my plan, but that was my plan at the time. I had no idea about comedy at that time. And I just had only worked in restaurants. And I felt like, hey, this is the path for me. But then I got arrested. And in between being arrested and actually going to court, I started fixing up the trailer. My brother-in-law worked for a really nice cabinet company. He got me a great deal on cabinets. I was able to put cabinets that were worth more than the trailer inside the trailer. We redid the carpet. We, I got furniture put in there. We painted. It was looking great. And I had started working at Papa John's and at Office Depot. I was doing pretty good. I owned my own home, and I had two jobs and a roommate. I had a, a great guy that moved in with me, still my friend to this day. He moved in with me, and we were really living the life. And then my court date came, and I had no idea what was about to happen in court. I, I, I had gotten a lawyer. I paid $2,000 for this lawyer, so I figured, hey, this is going to go pretty well. But I ended up getting two years unsupervised probation, which that means that I I don't have to take drug tests. I don't have to go to any classes. I just have a three-month suspended jail sentence. So if I get in trouble for anything, I automatically go to jail for three months. And then I had like eight thousand or $800 in fines, and then my driver's license got suspended for nine months. So it was terrible. I was like, oh, no, I'm going to be without a car for two months. Uh, for nine months. And so my roommate moved out. A very smart move on his part. He was like, I am not going to be stuck driving this guy to work every day. So he moved out and uh, I had no way to get to work. And I had this friend named Jim. Now, Jim is not his name, but I'm not going to tell you his name because I don't want to get him in trouble over this story. Uh, This is all in the past, long since in the past. And I think they've all paid a price for things that they've done. So But I had this friend named Jim, and he was getting kicked out of his parents' house and needed a place to live. So I let him live with me uh, in exchange. Uh, He would would live with me for free, and in exchange, I would get a ride back and forth to work. Sounds like a bad deal on my part, but I wanted my job, I needed my job, and I needed a ride. So basically, I got a live-in chauffeur. And back in the summer of 2001, now this is prior to all this. This is after graduation, prior to anything to do with the Army. Jim and I had become pretty good friends. He had a small business cutting old people's grass, and he gave me money and cigarettes to help him. Uh, We had another friend named Alan who just showed up and started working with us one day, or started hanging with us one day. And Alan was super nice, very clean cut, but deep down, pretty shady dude. Uh, I still like the guy, but pretty shady. He told us that his grandfather uh, had a million dollars cash in a briefcase, and he started taking a little out of time and buying people stuff. And I never saw the briefcase, but I did see Alan with random stacks of money, and Jim started getting all these things for for his car, like rims and speakers and a new stereo. And Alan once came over to the house with a stack of hundreds, and we went to the mall, and he bought me a CD by the Gorillas. You remember that song? I'm happy. I'm feeling glad. I got sunshine in a bag. You remember that song? Anyway, I got that, and I was never into stealing, uh, but I did accept a CD uh, with stolen money, and for that, I apologize. I would gladly pay that money back if I knew where to find the person. But anyway, it was a $20 CD. And actually, might have even been a burned copy. He might have bought the CD for himself, and I burned a copy. So my, my, my deal with Jim was pretty sweet, all right? He got to live with me rent-free, and all he had to do was drive me back and forth to work in a truck that was mostly bought with stolen money. And I got to get a ride to work and picked up in an SUV with tinted windows, 17-inch chrome rims, and a system. I look like a drug kingpin with an Office Depot job as a cover. At least that's how I felt. I mean, because there was some hot girls working at the Office Depot. One that ended up being my girlfriend for a while. But they would see me every night get picked up in this, this sketchy looking car. And it uh, really made me feel like kind of a rebel. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm already working on a suspended license and I'm on uh, probation. And now I'm getting picked up in this ride. I felt pretty cool. And this went on for a while. And one night, we're all sitting around in the trailer playing Grand Theft Auto, because uh, was Grand Theft Auto 3 was just out at that time, and that was pretty fun for us. And Jim decides that he needs to run to the store, and Jim was always a bit of a show-off. And when he got to the store, he turned his music up, so his speakers were like, boom, 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 and he left the truck running and went inside. Uh, When Jim came out of the store, he saw someone jump into his car and Jim ran to catch him. But the guy pulled away right as he got there. And Jim found a ride home. And when he got home, we were still playing Grand Theft Auto, which at that time uh, felt pretty inappropriate (laughs) after he told us what happened. And, And that car that he had put a lot of stuff on with stolen money was now stolen from him. Just stolen from him like that. And he never got it back. Bought with stolen money, then stolen. Very crazy times. I gave it about a week, and then I told Jim that we, he would either have to get a new car or move out. and Because uh, I'm brutal. Uh, but he did get a new car, and it worked out. And I'm still friends with him, you know, to some degree, to this day. I mean, I'm still friends with him. I haven't seen him in years and years and years. But you know what? All of these guys and myself included, you know, we were all in difficult situations. We all didn't seem like we had a lot of good parenting around us. Now, again, I'm not trashing my parents because my parents are awesome. I I love them, but I'm just saying we were kind of left up to do whatever we wanted to do. And kids will get into mischief. We were all kids at that time. I joined the army and then never made it in and ended up with a suspended license, living in a trailer park. And, uh, I pulled myself out of that. Now, it's not to say that if you live in a trailer or if you live in a trailer park that you're somehow uh, uh, in a hole because, you know what, I grew, I grew up in a trailer park and I loved it. I loved it. I had a great time. It wasn't until I reached a certain age that I started become ashamed of living in a trailer park. And it wasn't a shame. I wasn't ashamed um, in there. I was mainly ashamed at school. Uh, when I would have to write my address down on something and people w- would see that I lived in a trailer park. But to be honest, I had a great time. I had an option to go live with my dad growing up who lived in a house and on a farm. But uh, And it also wasn't that I didn't love my dad. I think that's a very uh, uncomfortable situation to be in for a kid. But I enjoyed my life in the trailer park enough to where I was like, no, I don't want to leave this. I mean, I, I'm, I got a school that I'm going to that I like. I mean, I enjoyed my life growing up. I I enjoyed, but I did have choices and uh, ultimately chose to live in the trailer park until, you know, and then I got to middle school and started getting a little uncomfortable, and I spent ninth grade living in a trailer. Actually, in ninth grade, uh, we had Hurricane Opal came through Opalika, and it blew down a trailer. Maybe it was... Eighth grade going into ninth grade. I'm not exactly sure. I seem to remember having a conversation about it in eighth grade, but regardless, it blew um, some pine trees down on our trailer, but not enough that it wasn't livable, but enough that we needed to get it fixed. So for about two weeks, maybe a week, we lived in that trailer, no power with with a pine tree across our living room. And we just threw a tarp over it and lived in that uh, until we could get it fixed. Uh, But in the end, we had insurance, we got it fixed, and we had some money to burn. So we bought some things. I can't remember what it was. Probably some NASCAR season passes or something like that. Who knows? And uh, we didn't invest it. But the point is, I enjoyed living in a trailer. And... Well, we grew up around a lot of people that weren't making the best decisions. So we would make irrational decisions. Now, I always knew that stealing was wrong, but I also didn't have money. So seeing uh, this guy with money, I was like, well, that's pretty great. I mean, and, uh, but it did feel wrong and eventually it was stopped. I don't know how it will stop. Some people think that I ratted on them and I don't think that I did. <laughs> Meaning I don't think that I did. Meaning I did tell people that that was happening, but I don't know that that led to them getting stopped. But they didn't go to jail, but they got stopped. And I hope that they paid the money back. Or at least the grandfather was forgiving. But I think that life has a way of working itself out. So if you're doing the wrong thing, it will come back to you. And I hope that this podcast has been making sense. That was fun to tell. I would like to tell more of those stories about my life. There is a a, a pretty interesting time period for me. I mean, from the time I graduated high school... I joined, uh, joined college, dropped out, joined the army, got arrested, didn't make it in, ended up living in a trailer park all in, all in a short period of time. And I, I lived in that trailer park until I moved. Now my trailer got broken into and I had some things stolen. Now it was most likely by someone I knew because I had a lot of shady characters coming over there, believe it or not. And, uh, and So I lived there for about two years and then I went back home for a couple of months and lived with my mom before I moved to Charleston. But basically I moved straight from the trailer park to one of the classiest cities in America, at least at that time, at least in my experience. I think Charleston is a wonderful place, although it is changing. It's growing all the time and it's good for that. Growth is good. Um, And so I don't, uh, you know, I don't blame anyone for wanting growth and wanting to make money. But it uh, it's not the same city that it was when I moved there in 2003. People could say that about Nashville. You know, they could say, oh, back in 2003, it was great until all the people like myself started moving here. But that's what happens. You make a cool city, people want to live there. So I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. Uh, if you have any questions, please email me, dusty.slay at gmail.com. Uh, the story that I told could be real, could be fictional. If someone uh, emails me and wants to ask me questions about it, then it was all made up. Uh, it could be a lie. I'm a comedian. Sometimes I tell stories that are real. Sometimes I make them up. I'm not trying to incriminate anyone. Uh, those people, that are not that's not their names, and uh, none of that could be true. So it's just for entertainment purposes and uh, could be based on true events. Could not be. Point is, I'm not trying to get myself or anyone else in trouble for that story. Uh, Just trying to make you laugh, just trying to tell you something interesting. I would like to talk more about uh, my experience with the Army, my experience with a lot of those things, Uh, and that story has so many more details that I am leaving out uh, because I just don't feel like now is the right time, but... Uh, Follow me on uh, social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram at Dusty Slay, on Facebook at Dusty Slay Comedy, uh, YouTube at Dusty Slay. Um, And I have a new website. It's fairly new now at this point. Still not even a month old yet. Uh, I got some cool stuff on there, a lot of cool videos. Uh, My YouTube, I'm trying to release some videos that I got. Bobby Reindich filmed for me at uh, Zany's Comedy Club. And it's a great video, so I'm just releasing some of those clips. I don't know what else to do with the video except to make my... I may try to sell it at shows eventually, but I want to just make my YouTube presence better. So I'm trying to get rid of the old videos and put up the new ones. Even though it may be some of the same jokes, I just want it to be a better clip. And Bobby Ryan did did a great job with those clips. Um, Find me this weekend in Birmingham at the Stardome. I'll be there two nights with James Gregory and then one night on my own. And um very exciting stuff. Got a lot of things coming up, so I'm very excited uh to announce them as they come along. Uh comedy's going great. I feel good, and I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. Uh follow Hannah Hogan at Miss Hannah Hogan on Instagram and Twitter and Hannah Hogan on Facebook. She also had his website. My website's Dustyslay.com. Hers is Hannah Hogan Thanks for listening and we're having a good time.